0: This is the Third and Thirty Podcast, the coach's Podcast. We believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveem Anchegada, and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chadock. Excited to be back in the studio once again for a brand new edition of the Third and Thirty Podcast. Check out our brand new YouTube channel where you can see all of our new interviews starting in 2021. Be sure to press that big old red subscribe button and uh, join the conversation. Drop a comment, drop some love. You know where to find us on social media at the Third and Thirty Podcast. Another another week, another show, another new opportunity, another new uh, uh, week of news and and craziness, and the world just keeps keeps going uh, going in spirals. But I and I can't be I can't be surprised um, because we are always going through adversity, and that is what this show is about. That every day we are chased. By adversity that wants to catch up with us and take over our life. And here we are with a new chance to get a new perspective, to get new ideas uh, from wonderful guests and a wonderful coach um, like we all, all, you know, love to focus on here on the podcast. And I want to welcome on co-host Coach Jason Chaddock. And Coach, It's it's been a crazy crazy 2021 you know we thought 2020 would be behind us but you know i think that for at least i could speak for myself but i think you're in the same way coach that at 2021 i think we have approached it differently and that is why the craziness that we have experienced throughout which is still crazy in 2021 isn't as prominent um as maybe in 2021 because we've seen it we've been able to handle it and do all that so you know first of all happy to have you on the show as always good, good to have you on i just want to You know, give your thoughts on on, on how you've approached 2021 and and, and your insight on uh, our our guest today.
1: Well, Coach, I'm glad to be here, as always, with you. And, uh, you know, when it comes in to thinking this mindset of 2021 – We knew things weren't just going to instantly change when that calendar turned. We talked about it on the show. We talked about it um, off air. We we we, we've texted about it. We've we've had so much. I've communicated with other people at work and and at home and family and friends, and coaches and players that I work with. And the thing is, we knew the world wasn't just going to flip because the calendar turned. So the the mindset that we had to have is we know what lies in front of us. We know how society has shifted and how we gather as public, how we handle protocols with sports, how we handle the business and work environment. So, I really came in with a mindset of we know what's ahead, we know what's there. Let's attack the day. There are things that we can do on a daily basis, there are things that we're able to do on a weekly basis. We have a better understanding of how to make plans. I'm not suggesting we're making plans, you know, 10 months in advance at the moment. We're making plans further in advance now, though. And we are setting ourselves up for success because of how we are planning things, taking COVID protocols into consideration, taking the amount of people we're allowed to have in a gathering or in a workout or on an athletic field or in a gym. We're taking all this into consideration when doing planning and our stipulations have stayed pretty consistent both in work environment and sports environment that's really helped us to to keep attacking and that's my mindset is attack the day attack what we're doing and keep building this thing forward and we need to quit sitting back in just acting like we're going to wait till it all passes to decide to uh, go achieve our goals, go achieve our dreams, go achieve whatever objectives we've set before ourselves. 2021 is the time to go achieve these objectives. We want to, get fit. Great. Let's go work out. Let's eat well. Let's get fit. We want to build up our immune system. So that way we can fight off viruses and, and other illnesses. Great. Here's the things that we need to do. Get ourselves educated. We want to become better coaches. Here's what we do. We want to become better coaches. We want to become better leaders. We listen to this podcast, coach. Hmm. That's what we do. We listen We listen to the third and 30 podcast. So that way we can pick up tips and tricks and great lessons along the way to become stronger leaders to dive more into what our passion is to find our drive and really stick with this drive have that determination uh, to see ourselves through so coach i'm excited it's been a learning adventure along the course of the way every guest brings up great pieces of learning for us and the feedback we continue to get from from listeners is has been outstanding, and I look forward to the continued growth of our show and how we can continue to influence others while learning ourselves. So I'm ready to get going, Coach. It's it's a new day, and it's time to attack it.
0: You know, you you hit everything on per usual, Coach. I mean, I don't think there's a time when you don't hit it at the nail on the coffin. But you know, I just got to give you credit once again. And um, it's you're so you're so right, and it's it's. I want to add to that when we talk about the third and thirty podcast, and this goes for a lot of different podcasts out there. But you know, specifically, what's what's nice about this one, I think, is, is the opportunity for different, vast variety of uh, perspectives. Yeah, you know, we get so many different perspectives from so many different fields. Now, in my life, I'm one that relates whatever I see out in the world to my field, to my area, and that is kind of where my focus goes. When I'm trying to comprehend or, or retain something, so for me, I'm I'm in that in that mode, and I'm just super pumped and excited for for what's uh, for what's in store, and, and and we're excited to welcome our next guest onto the show, um, Coach P.J. Gibbs, who, man, I mean, over the last week, a lot of stuff has happened in his life, but um, we'll get into that. But I mean, we're talking about a a a coordinator, head coach, with experience behind him. And also an author. And so we're going to get into all those all those aspects of Coach Gibbs. And without further ado, let's waste no more time and bring on Coach Gibbs to the 3rd and 30 podcast. Joining us now on the 3rd and 30 podcast is head football coach of East Lee County High School out there in Lehigh Acres, Florida, P.J. Gibbs. Coach Gibbs, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
2: Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate it.
0: It's going to be pretty fun. Super excited to have you on. Coach, first off, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about your journey and how you, uh, you know, most we re- re- real recently ended up at East County Lee High School, but kind of your journey throughout life and how you ended up there.
2: Uh, well, I was uh, in a lot better shape and had a lot less gray hair uh, when, when, I, when we started doing this. Um I started out, uh, I coached, uh, I played college football in um, in Jersey City, New Jersey, St. Peter's College, small FCS, the MAC Conference, which is pretty much defunct now, all the football programs, except for Marist, I think, and Duquesne are still around, everybody else is is done. Um, so I played there, and then uh, I wanted to get into coaching, so I went back and student taught from my high school linebacker coach at Manasquan High School in New Jersey, and was the JV defensive coordinator and assistant varsity linebackers coach on the state championship team, my first year. And, um, from there uh, I was at Manasquan for a few years and, uh, really wanted to be a coordinator. So, um, I worked for my high school head coach, Vic Caboo, who is a hall of famer and I got my first coordinator's job in 2006 at Mattawan high school for another hall of famer, Joe Martucci at Mattawan. So I worked for coach Martucci for three years and then I got the itch to come back home to Manasquan And, um, Coach Kabu had passed away in 2007, and uh, Pete Cahill took over for him, who was my DC um, in high school. And, and Pete hired me to be the D line coach. So I was the D line coach for two years. And then Pete took the VP job, and Jay Price, who was my position coach in high school, became the head coach. So then I became the coordinator at, at Manasquan and was there for three years. And, um, you know, we, we won a bunch of games, a uh, bunch of state final appearances, a couple state championships, a couple division championships. Uh, 2014, a real good friend of mine, Luke Sinkhorn, who was actually a high school teammate of mine, Luke and I had known each other since since we were 13, Um, got a head coaching job at Howell High School and called me up and said, hey, man, I need your help. And, uh, you know, I'm really struggling to find coaches. So I left Madison to go to Howell to help Luke for a year and then uh, stayed in New Jersey. Uh, My wife and I were married in uh, 2009. We had my daughter in 2011, bought our first house and um, if you, get, you know anybody that lives in New Jersey, the taxes don't go down. They keep going up. And um, so then uh, we decided after my son was born that we were going to take a look into moving out of state. So we looked into North Carolina, South Carolina. She's a Clemson alum. So we looked we looked in the uh, Greenville area down in South Carolina. And my in-laws had just bought a place in uh, Estero uh, right outside of Fort Myers and So I'd sent my resume out uh, to a bunch of different schools. And my brother-in-law at the time was a defensive analyst for the University of Missouri. And he had said, hey, there's like seven high schools in Collier County that are looking for for coaches. And my New Jersey teaching certificate has reciprocity in every state except for Pennsylvania. So I can basically go anywhere. So I set my resume out, came down here. I had two job interviews. I got offered two jobs and took a job at Gulf Coast High School. We went home, put the house on the market, sold it in 10 days. (laughs) packed the car up. Um, And then after that, we uh, were there for three years. I was the defensive coordinator there. We won a district championship, first in the history of the school, then came to Palmetto in 2018. And I was a DC there for three years. And this past season, we were the number one defense in Southwest Florida and won nine games, uh, had 17 straight quarters of shutout football. And had a really good group of kids and had the opportunity to interview for the East Lee job and uh, was fortunate enough to get off of the job. And uh, I'll be starting there uh, next Tuesday.
0: We're here with Coach P.J. Gibbs, head coach of East Lee County High School. Coach, this 2020 and as we're now in 2021, we're almost in like year two of COVID-19 now. Um, it's obviously altered, altered so many things. Um, I want to ask you, what effect has this had on Coaches, players, recruiting, and even for you specifically transitioning into a, a head coaching job, doing all this. Um, what 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 effects has the have? What kind of effects has there been? And and also, what are you most excited for coming out of this? Looking forward after all this kind of wears down, and we can kind of get back to a normal or, or this new normal. What are you most looking forward to throughout all this?
2: Well, I think the effects it has it, it's it's made you adapt as a coach you know, with obviously the dead period now being extended through May 31st and probably going to extend it again. I mean, that just seems to do what the NCAA is doing. I don't know why they're doing it, but um, because you're having Division two and Division three and NAI schools can visit, but now that, you know, it just makes no sense to me, but that's for people that make more money than me to make those kind of decisions. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's, it showed us how to use technology in a positive way. Um, I, you know, I, I think that um, – you really see who the workers are uh, in, in in the recruiting um, aspect of coaching. I think it forced everybody to up their game, especially at the high school level, because now everybody's so active on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, you know, promoting their kids. And um, you know, there was one thing that 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 we did, which I thought was pretty neat, is that um, you know I, I had a wide receiver that signed with Western Michigan, and I have uh, I had four defensive backs. Uh, one, one's going to Concordia. The other one's going to Bluefield state. Uh, two of them are going to be picking their school soon, mm-hmm. but, um, colleges couldn't come see them, So I took them out and we did a combine workout and I, it was video, videoing them and, you know, recorded their interviews. We did their heights, their weights, their hand measurements, their arm length, the whole like the NFL combine. And I'm getting their videos together. And Malik Deidon, who, who's the wideout, out, he's going to Western Michigan. He's like, coach, just make an iMovie. I'm like, what's an iMovie? He's like, download the app and you put it together, and you, so I'm like, oh, download the app, boom, boom, boom. I put like logos in there, like I, like I said, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Nintendo guy. Like you know, this <laughs> stuff's like kind of new to me. Um, so that, and then I did iMovies for each one of the kids, and I put them all out on Twitter. I tagged the coaches that wanted to see them. Uh, I texted the coaches that wanted to see them. Um, and, 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 it was great. Um, so I, I think that's, that's the, the, the positive thing. I, you know, I feel really bad for the seniors this year, to be honest with you. Um, you know, with the extra year, the NCAA has given kids and, uh, the, the lack of, um, really lack of guidance on their part, um, I think really, really hurt, really hurt this class. And, you know, we're fortunate where we'll have 15 kids out of 17 seniors signed to go play somewhere this year which is a, uh, you know, testament to the dedication of our coaching staff at, at, at Palmetto. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to take that with me to, to East Lee. And um, I'm, I'm excited to, to just to get hit the ground running. Uh, I, am I, you know, I, my, my mantra, and you can, if any kid that has played for me could sit next to me, I'd say, what's one thing you hear me say about 30 times a day. And they say, coach, you say you don't wake up to be average. And, I, I say that all the time, and I'm like, it's easy to roll out of bed and just be average, <laughs> you know. But I, 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 th- I take it. I take every day as a challenge. Like, there's somebody out there that's trying to outwork me, and I'm not going to let them outwork me. And whether that's football, whether that's teaching, whether that's recruiting, whether that's whatever, uh, I'm I will not be outworked. Um, and and that's that's what I'm excited about heading into this new job.
0: You know, if that's the one thing that kids w- remember you of, I think that's a pretty good. Uh... It's a pretty good line to, to remember you on. And, you know, I, I think about some of the beyond senior year, even, uh, you know, some of these juniors, sophomores, where do you see that effect happening, um, you know, b- beyond this year with the with the extended, you know, fifth year or sixth year for some of these kids uh, in college? How do you see this affecting even some of the underclassmen or or, or even um, in college and in high school?
2: Well, I think the 22s will feel it. Um, the, the kids are going to be seniors this year. I think they'll feel the squeeze a little bit. 23s and 24s I think will be okay because then I think the rosters will kind of have dissipated back to normalcy a little bit. Right. Um, you know, I mean, at the college level, I, you know, you're talking about, you know, enhanced competition now because you got that kid with the extra year right. uh, at a position and you got that four or five star kid that's coming in. That's looking to take your job. I mean, from a competitive aspect, I think that's a positive thing, but I think, you um, I think negatively what it did is you got colleges that are just waiting on, on the portal, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're waiting on a portal. And it's like, well, here, here you have a kid that's a a senior in high school that you'll have for four to five years and you're waiting on a portal kid. And, and to me, it's, it's like free agency, you know, that's basically what it's, what what it's come to. And I mean, again, everybody does what they need to do, you know, what's best for their situation. But I feel extremely bad for the, the 21 kids that, you know, but again, we we tell our kids all the time it's it's life man it's adversity you know what are you going to do to make yourself better if you got to do prep year go do a prep year we'll help you get there if you want to go D three go D three if you want to go to a trade school and and learn how to be an electrician go go do it just you know do do take the lessons you've learned in football and 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 move them into your life and and become a better person for that
0: that's fantastic and correct me if I'm wrong coach as well as being the head coach of Eastley you are also the recruiting coordinator correct. Yes, sir. Okay, so I'm curious as to your role and kind of your daily responsibilities being recruiting coordinator and and what key pieces of advice do you have for juniors trying to get recruited, uh, during this COVID period. And also a second part to it is how important do you see a role like the recruiting coordinator in high school programs? Cause I see at least out here in Colorado. I see a lot of schools lack in that area. Um, I personally think of it as an extremely important position. I want to see what you think, uh, what you think on that.
2: Well, I think the, the first part of your question for the, for the younger kids is yeah, take care of your grades. Uh, the first question we get asked is test score and GPA. Um, you know, and, and right off the bat there, you know, they have to understand that, um, you know, they could be the best high school football player in the country if they don't have the grades. I mean, it's, 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 it's tough, you know? Um, so take care of your grades, make sure you're taking a test, um, understand what your core requirements are and get, get your clearinghouse stuff done, get your fastest stuff done. That's, that's problems we run into every year is we have kids that don't do like, the, the You know, the wide receiver, you know, when we do our recruiting meeting in the spring, guys that are seniors, make sure you pay for the clearinghouse. Well, the, the day before early signing day, when Western called to offer him, we're going through all this stuff. I get a call from the wide receiver coach that he hasn't done the clearinghouse yet. And I'm like, I called him. I'm like, dude, what are, what are we doing? I told you that back in March. Um, so, yeah, I would say most of you know take care of the stuff that you need to take care of. Grades always most important, but but the little stuff that way your senior year, you can just go on a virtual visit if we're still doing this or, you know, get on a zoom or whatever you but that way you're not worried about that stuff. And, and um, I think as far as the importance, I think it's extremely important. I mean, I've done it for a long time, so I, I'm going to take that responsibility on as a head coach. If there's a coach out there that doesn't want to take that responsibility on delegate it, but tell the guy what his expectations are, what his role is, what he needs to do. Tell him he needs to go over uh, core GPA, sliding scale, test scores, um, the difference between NAIA and NCAA, what's the JUCO? JUCO with a meal plan and housing, JUCO without a meal plan and housing. Um, you know, the ultimate goal, and, and the thing is to get the parents to understand that the ultimate goal is zero student debt. Like, don't worry about posting an offer because your son is, that. like, listen, if you have the financial means to send your son to a school with a preferred walk-on, the colleges will take you because the football program is not going to cost them nothing. You're going to pay full tuition, right? But- understand that we're trying to get you the best using your, your kid is using football as a vessel for their education. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get them to the best possible spot to help you out financially, you know, and, and, and parents, there's some that get it. and There's some that you have to grab, grab the balloon and bring them back down to earth. And, and, and that's one thing for me, I'm a Jersey guy. I'm honest. Mm -hmm. I I am honest, hundred percent honest. I will tell you like it is, and like I tell our parents at the beginning, when I was at Palmetto, there's six other there's six other public high schools and three other private schools in this county. If you don't like the way we do things, see ya. I, 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 we don't have time. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to deal with it. You know, if you want to play football, we will help you. If you don't want to reciprocate the effort, we're
0: not going to help you, bottom line. I think that's so important to set that standard up front. And if, you don't, if you're not up front and clear about your expectations in that role, I think that's where I think – Coaches can run into problems with parents, and parents start kind of, you know, taking over in a sense, you know. And you run into those programs. Yeah, I mean,
2: I think I think the more transparent you are and, and upfront and honest that you leave you 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 leave that gray area out because they know how you operate. You know, they they know that if you, you're if you're going to ask me a question, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the truth. Do you think no? Do you think it, no? He, the, the, these are where he should be looking. I've been doing this, and again we tell our parents too i'm not going to lie to a coach to get your son an offer to, to tarnish our reputation and to burn a bridge for another kid 2 or 3 years down the road
0: not happening no no shot what coach what is what would be your advice for a coach that for the for the sort of there's that term the helicopter parent but in terms of recruiting yeah. um you know there's certain things where you know you have the parent in terms of playing and then there's recruiting's a whole nother ball game how what, what's your advice to a coach you know dealing with those two sides of things and how, how do you approach you know making sure that you guide that kid that athlete in the right right direction
2: well i mean i think the, the the fbs kid just just needs you to help steer the car i mean because those guys are getting looked at since they were freshmen in high school and they're, they're going to go somewhere you know we had two sign early this year that I just needed to kind of say, okay, hey, this is your lane. Mm-hmm. This is what you want to do. Blah 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 blah. Um, in terms of the parents, I mean, the from a recruiting perspective, I will answer any question you want me to answer. You may not like what you hear, but I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you based on the coaches that I've talked to. Uh, we never discuss playing time, so that's never an issue. Um, and then we have to have our, our parents watch out for these guys that want, want to have them pay them money to tell them how good their kid is. You know, I, I think that's a huge problem in, in, in our profession today is Absolutely. you got these guys that claim to be these gurus and, and, and they're just stealing money from people. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, if you coach, if you have a son, and you want to cut me a thousand dollar check, I'll tell him how good he is. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, let, let, let's, let's be real here. Like you're, you're getting enough coaching during the season from your, from your high school coach. Like if you want to go with like a speed and agility trainer, I mean, it is what it is, but like these other guys that are these technical, whatever, like, come on, man, let, 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 let's be serious here. Like, are you really in it to help the kids? That, that's, that's what I tell the parents. Are they in it to help you or themselves? That That's if you can't answer that question that you already answered, you've already answered it for me.
0: That's a great point. I, that's, that's exactly what I preach to. At least I tried to um, coach Kibbs. I want to, I want to switch gears a little bit here and I, um, uh, something we haven't brought up you, you your previous role was defensive coordinator at palmetto ridge um a defensive guy i'm i'm a defense wins championships guy too you know i, I defense all the way um you're, you're an author uh, of a book called the right defense for your program um you know i think we all have thoughts where we type stuff on our computer and think we can write a book but <laughs> you know writing a book obviously is, is is quite the task and quite the accomplishment tell us a little bit about that book and, and what inspired you to write write the book um well
2: uh actually we, we did we did two we did two books okay we did two books yeah um it was the volume two part of the right defense okay. for your program but uh really to be honest with you it was my ocd and my add that kind of got me got me going <laughs> um but you know before we went fully virtual uh down here you know i you know my, my, my wife was working from home she works in insurance so i had the kids during the day and i had it was like a practice schedule. My kids had their, we, we did this, 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 but by two o'clock they were done. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, well, I get out of the gym, come back. Um, what am I going to do? Like, what am I doing here? And there's so much, there's so many, almost, so many film you can watch and workouts you can send your kids and whatever. Um, so I, you know, I said to my wife last night, uh, the other night, um, during the pandemic, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll write a book. I'm going to, I'm going to try to write a book. And she's like, yeah. She's like, go ahead and do it. So I sat down the first night and I, I wrote 25 pages and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, I reached out to a couple buddies of mine through USA football that I had, that had done it and kind of, they kind of guided me um, into the process of what, what I should do. And I uh, had, had a uh, AP English teacher at the high school. He formatted it and proofread it for me. Um, and I did the first cover. I had a buddy do the second cover, but I went through Amazon direct publishing and, Uh, The first book was the number one seller for the first six weeks, I think, and then the second one for the first three. Um, But it was really – the first book was really like my journey as a coach growing up in a small town in New Jersey and um, kind of where where I broke my bones as a coach and what I've learned and things that I did with USA football a little bit, practice planning organization. It really geared towards like a a coach starting out and and a younger youth coach where the second book was more um, intense schematics and – the, the, the one chapter I really, I really like was uh, myself, Eric Kaspowitz from Pine Richland High School and Adam Harvey from Hutto. We just basically all three of us as coordinators say, okay, this is how we get ready for a game from Saturday through Friday. And we went through our whole deal. Um, and then I had chapter five. I had myself, Jason Mons, um, John Weaver, John Torrey, and my brother-in-law, Justin Kramer. We talked about building a culture from different perspectives of either a defense or a college or a high school team or whatever. Um, and, uh, that, that was really cool too, as well. So really it was just, um, it, it goes back to that, you know, waking up and not being average thing. Like how, how can I be great today? Um, and, and, and being able to look at the man in the glass and say, you did okay today.
0: That's amazing. Being a number one, number one seller for that much amount of time. That must've been, you must've pat yourself on the back a little bit there. What were, well, what were your expectations? I guess when, when putting this book together and, and how did this exceed your expectations?
2: I mean, I don't really. I mean, it definitely exceeded my expectations. I, I didn't think it would, it would get as much. But you know, too. I think. I think a lot of people being home played a part in that. Um, you know, I, I. You know, I. I don't consider myself a, a, a connoisseur of writing by any means. Um, I just like to talk football and write, yeah. and you know, put some stuff down about it. But um, it, it was. It was pretty neat uh, to get guys to reach out and hey, coach. You know, when we meet up, I want you to sign my book. You know, hey, coach, when clinics get back going, I want to talk to you about the book. And it was just, you know, um, for me, it was you know, kind of paying homage to, you know, my high school head coach and, and, and my, my grandfather and my father and guys that have, um, you know, shown me the right way to do things. And, uh, you know, not, be, not, you know, I had, you know, Coach Don Brown did, did the forward for both of my books and Coach Brown's been a great friend of mine and Aaron Ingram, the, the senior manager of USA football, he's given me so much opportunity. So it was kind of like just to kind of thank those guys in an aspect of, hey, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your
0: guidance where um, I, I just spaced myself but I, I I'm curious as to how I guess how much research or how much time did it take to get all this content put together for the book uh, well I mean the first one first one
2: I mean the first one I got done in about a month no kidding um, wow and the second one was a little bit longer I think the first one I released in April, the second one went out in June. Okay. So, um, the, the second, the, the, the second one was more of a research where the first one was more of just me putting down my thoughts on, on paper.
0: What any other, any other, uh, th- workings happening right now? Any other books coming up or, or are you taking a um, break? Uh,
2: there, there may be one uh, at the end of the season coming up. I'm not sure. I, I got, I've been asked to maybe do something. So I got to, um, you know, see if I have the time to do it. Uh,
0: but, you know, possibly there's a, there's always a possibility. That's awesome. Coach, uh, writing a book, I can't imagine. I mean, especially with how busy you already are as a, as a, with all your other endeavors going on. And then here you are writing a book. So that's fantastic. Um, here on, here on Third and Thirty, we 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 focus a lot on adversity and grind, grit, and kind of going, kind of going through that process. And we have an acronym, and it's uh it's hashtag Drive, and it's determination, rigor, inspiration, victory, and excellence. And it's okay. kind of our process of how we can drive forward and move forward in our lives. And that's kind of our our mantra here. And we we like to ask every single one of our guests um to to speak on adversity in some form. So what I'd like to ask you is, is what is sort of it could be in life it can be in in career family whatever it is what is the biggest adversity that you've faced and what I what I love to focus on is how you overcame it and what did you learn from it
2: I can think of two instances um I could think about back in 2010 um when I'm sorry 2011 Um, when my, my, you know, my daughter had just been born and, uh, a month after my daughter was born, my father passed away and, um, I had just been hired as a defensive coordinator. Now my dad had done the chains at Manasquan since I was a junior in high school, um, was on the chain gang from 95 until he passed away in 2011. Um, and that was, uh, something where he had, you know, he had had an accident at home and I, I didn't, I didn't find out until after the football game. And everybody knew in the stands and, you know, it was kind of an eerie feeling, um, you know, going through that and, um, you know, kind of everything getting put on you, you know, at at a, at a real young age and um, then losing my grandfather that following spring. And I I had a great relationship with him. He was a football player and uh, he's a world war II veteran and, and a uh, just, just all around great dude Um, always would work outside. And my, my job every summer was to dig the 75 yard garden so they had some property in the backyard and, you know, from 14 until man, I, probably was, about, until I was about 24, 25 was digging that, digging that garden. Um, but I think, you know, losing those two guys actually inspired me to, to um, our family to start uh, a 501c3 foundation in their memory. And um, we actually did a charity run for five years while I was still living in New Jersey and donated to two of my dad's favorite charities um, as a result and, and, and did very well. Doing that, so that's kind of how we overcame overcame that. The um, second one I would say is when um, we first moved down here um, in 2015. Um, We you know we had sold our house in New Jersey and did did pretty well, but we weren't going to buy anything until we were sure we were staying here. So we were renting, and you know I wanted um, my wife to stay home and and raise raise the kids. I didn't want her going to work and us paying daycare, somebody else raising our kids. Mm -hmm. So. we had some tight couple years. Um, you know, uh, I was uh, bar backing, I was waiting tables. I was uh, tutoring. I, you know, doing everything I could to help. You know, help provide for the family and stuff. And um, but you know, flash, flash forward to last October, she gets hired full time, and 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 now you know she's doing a phenomenal job. She's one of the you know best insurance agents down here in in, in Naples, and. Um, you know, I, I just hope that I, I can keep up with her work ethic. She is, uh, she, she is a, she is a spark plug. Uh, my wife, she is a, uh, dynamic worker. So I, I just try to match her effort, you know, every day.
0: That's awesome. Coach, I'm so glad you, you highlighted those two stories and what, a, what a tribute for, to your, to your father and grandfather with those, with those charities, you know, that that's incredible. And, um, you know, it seems like, it seems like moving is each move is different. What have you learned from moving around so much? Different jobs, different areas. What 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 is what have you learned from those?
2: I think when you move around, and I mean a couple things. I think one, um, you, you meet you meet great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you start some new relationships, but then you also, on the same token, uh, you also find out who's in your foxhole. You also find out who's there, you know, to support you. And um, you know, there's there's a group of guys that uh, I've stayed tight with. Um, My best friend, actually, uh, he worked in New York City for 17 years. He uh, left um, when the pandemic, he's in the restaurant business. He was worked for um, one of the highest ranking restaurants in the world uh, up in Columbus Circle. And uh, they closed uh, for the pandemic. So he left. His parents lived down here in Florida. He uh, just got hired as the food and beverage director of the Four Seasons over on the East Coast. Um, uh, So and then. Yeah, I, I tell this to my high school classes all the time. I'm like, you know, you guys all care about what's on your social media and all this other stuff. I said, I graduated with 350 people. I talked to five. I said, <laughs> I'm friends with people <laughs> on Facebook and stuff. I, I talked to five people. I said, you guys in three years, because I have seniors, like you won't care what went on in high school. Uh, I was like, just you, you're going to be so inundated with other stuff. And um, but I think from the moving perspective, um, you, you know, I, I think. you 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 really see um you know you know who your friends who your friends really are um and and i also realized that i really really enjoy not shoveling snow anymore
0: (laughs) you know what i'll tell you i uh living in colorado i envy you so much coach
2: (laughs) i don't miss miss waking up a half hour early to start my car or go to bed at night and uh and you wake up and there's snow in the driveway and you got to shovel before you pull your car out. It's funny because my, you know, my sister, my family's still up there. My mom's still up there. My grandmother's going to turn 90 in April. Wow. Uh, wow. And uh, and she's still freaking smart as a whip, man. Um, That's awesome. But, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, my sister's still up there and everybody posts these videos on Facebook of, you know, going I, I, the, the 10 minutes of happiness during the day. No, nobody posts a video of you waking up and looking out the window and seeing six feet of snow in your driveway <laughs> and you going, oh, I wish I was in Florida. You know what I mean? So I was
0: funny. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it's it's you know it's it, it, what's nice at least being a football coach is you know you get year-round football outside, and yeah. I mean that's 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 one thing that we definitely somewhat struggle with out here in Colorado. But sure. um, you know, sure. I mean, yeah. that's 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 awesome. Well, I mean,
2: too. I mean, in a normal in a normal year, we're, we're outside the day after the Super Bowl thrown.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. As most because teams because we should, because we, because we can. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. You know, I mean, we're out here trying to. We we have we have late winters, so we have snow coming in March, April, maybe even in May, and so it it d- definitely puts a damper on spring football and stuff on that. So I mean, it's it, it definitely changes the dynamic a little bit. That's that's for sure. Um, you know, Coach, you've you've mentioned uh, last one for you here, and then this is you've mentioned quite a few uh, quite a few names that have definitely been a part of your journey. Um. Throughout this, you know, I think you mentioned Coach Kabu, Coach Martucci, um, early on in the show, and I, I, I want you to highlight them, you know, again if you if you want to, and and just kind of, I I know myself, and I'm I'm in my late twenties, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am without the people in my life and, and that, you know, whatever it's a big circle, small circle, whatever it is, I wouldn't be anywhere without them. And I know a lot of us, if not all of us are that same way as, as we are, you know, who we surround ourselves with. So who are some of the mentors that you look up to? Um, and, and what do they teach you and how did they, how have they impacted you when, when you first met them and how do they still impact you?
2: Uh, I I mean, I'll, I'll go the, 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 co- the college route first. I mean, first and foremost, Coach Don Brown has been a tremendous mentor to me. Um, just seeing how he coaches. I hope at 64, I still have the juice that he has. Um, you know, he, he is a great guy. I, I, I just found out that he, he's recruiting our county. So I was super jacked about that. You know, he'll, he'll be, when they're allowed to, he'll come in from Arizona now and, and we'll be able to go grab a bite to eat and talk some football. And um, just a tremendous, you know, husband, father grandfather. I mean, just, just a great, just a great guy. I mean, I'd pick up the phone call him he answers. We talk football. Um, I, 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 you know, I got to meet him once and got to talk to him for about like five minutes, but Nick Saban has a tremendous influence on me. And I, I think a lot of coaches will say that, um, you know, but just the way he handles uh, his team and organization and preparation and accountability and how he can still relate to the kids, at his age. And, you know, I think that's a huge, huge part. And again, I know it's Alabama and they're coming off a national title, but I mean, the buck stops with him. Uh, and and if, if I can have a fraction of what he had as a head coach, you know, sign me up. And then from a high school perspective, I, I mentioned, you know, coach Cabu, uh was the reason I wanted to get into coaching when I was, fo- I wanted to be a head coach since I was 14 years old. And and, and he's the reason why, Um you know, and, uh, him and, and coach Don Reed and Rich Reed, they were my position coaches, Jay Price, Pete Cahill, Mike Galos, Bob Generelli. I mean, I could go on and on about guys that have just, um, there's a little piece of them. Uh, every time I coach, I can, I can, I can hear coach Cabu had a real high pitched yell. So I can hear the old man in my head every now and then, um, <laughs> telling me to shut up or, you know, you're not doing that right. Or, you know, it's, uh, and, and we all, and guys that have played or coach for him, you know, when we get on the phone or we get together, we all joke about the, you know, the high pitch, the high pitch yell, Um, you know, and the good thing is with technology, like with YouTube, we can get on YouTube and uh, we can, we can, you know, there's clips of him from coaching back from when we were, we were playing and coaching. So you can, you can hear it. So it's, uh, it's pretty neat, but yeah, those guys have had a, a, um, you know, tremendous impact on me. And I, I'd I'd have to, I got to mention one more person. It's, it's my father-in-law. You know, he really uh, when my dad passed away, he really filled the void, um, that, I, that I was lacking and, and still continues to this day. I, you know, He's taught me stuff. I mean, he's, he's a retired... He, he he owned an auto shop for 35 years. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story about me. My dad didn't let me do anything with my hands. Didn't let me mow the lawn. Didn't let, I, I could shovel snow. That's the only thing my dad let me do around the house. That's why I liked going to my grandfather's house. My grandfather was a CB in the Navy, so all they did was build. So at least he let me work with some tools. You know, so... My father-in-law, I think, assumed when I came into the family and my wife and I got married that I knew how to do stuff. I didn't know anything, so we we had a little we had some battles now. But um, he's uh, he's been a tremendous impact on me, and I, you know I I can't thank him enough.
0: That's awesome, coach. You know I, I'm so glad you mentioned so many different names. You know I, you know for for one, I, I tell my kids, you know I think I think it's good to point out to athletes, kids want to focus on one guy. I'm going to emulate that guy, and that's who I'm going to be. And I think that's just not possible. You know, if I'm going to go out there and try to be Odell Beckham Jr., it's just not going to work. But if I can take a piece that I can, I can. Use in my own life, and I think that's the same same thing as you mentioned. So many coaches. It's 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 not that you emulate one specific coach. It's it's you take a piece out of all of them. And I know I said it was the last one, but I wanted to follow up on your Nick Saber comment. What you know, there's so many coaches, and there's so many incredible coaches, um, including yourself, out here in this country, in 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 this world. What is that one kind of thing that sets them apart? Is it is it the relational uh, aspect of his? Is a relational ability with his players? Is it the adaptation with the times? I mean, what sets him apart through your interactions with him? That, to to and really any other coach out there.
2: I think he does a tremendous job delegating authority. I, I think everybody that works for him understands their job and their expectations, and that's from the from the, the water boy to the player, to the, the secretary, to the everybody knows their role and knows their job. So there's no question of what you're supposed to be doing and when you're supposed to be doing it. And I, and I think when you see him mic'd up or you, you see him at practice and, um, you know, hopefully we can get to go up there this year. I don't know, you know, probably right. won't be able to. But um, I, I think that's one thing that, you know, again, I think the adaptability too, I, th- I think he's in his age, I think he's kind of eased up a little bit, but he still has the juice um but i i think the fact that he just he just does such a good job of telling people what their jobs are and that that's our big mantra is do your job you know just do well and we're going to define what your job is mm-hmm. so when you know what it is you better do it with a purpose and i i think that that from him i think that makes him one of the best one of i think the best college football coach ever
0: well coach gibbs i mean it was a an honor to talk to someone of, of your caliber today on the podcast. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Good luck uh, at, at East Lee County High School. I, I wish you all the best and uh, you know, go tear it up. Are you guys playing a, a spring season or are you preparing for the fall?
2: Yeah, yeah no, we're uh, we start spring practice April 26th.
0: All right, so you you're getting ready to go. That's awesome. Well, I got to hire I got to hire a staff, man. So <laughs> you're, yeah. You you got your hands tied. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No. So it's uh, it'll be it'll
2: be a good challenge. And looking forward, I get to go meet the kids on Thursday and I, and I start next uh, next Tuesday it might be my first day at the, at the high school.
0: That's fantastic. Well, coach, good luck. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. If you happen to find yourself in cold Colorado, please don't hesitate oh. to hit me up and you know, we'll, we'll we'll go out sometime. <laughs>
2: I think this might be the, the closest that I'm going to get to Colorado.
0: <laughs> okay. Then if I ever come to Florida, I know who yeah. to call. <laughs> if you ever come to the West Coast of Florida, you know where to find me. <laughs> well, coach Gibbs, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you. Big shout out to coach PJ Gibbs for joining us on the podcast. Uh, another great guest to have on, another great educator, leader, motivator to to learn from and gain insight from. Just an honor to to talk to him. Coach Chaddock, we have you here now. Unfortunately, we had you know internet. We both had internet issues with Coach PJ Gibbs, and I, I was kind of the the last one alive at the end of that. Um, and so, you know, and so if I'm sure for our listeners, they were like, "Where's Coach Chaddock? And you know, unfortunately, internet issues all over the place that day. But you were able to listen to the interview uh, before we get this. You know, before we recorded this post show, so. Coach, I wanted to get your thoughts and insights on what you what you took away from, from the interview with Coach P.J. Gibbs. I mean, this was a good one. Coach
1: P., it was a good one. And, uh, you know, thanks for bringing me back in. Thanks for allowing me back to the show. <laughs> we didn't we uh, did fire my, you. It's in- not a
0: fireable offense, <laughs> Coach.
1: <laughs> my, my internet was not friends with me, <laughs> and uh, she broke up with me and didn't let me back in for a while. Um, luckily, my wife got her fixed. <laughs> and uh, we're a- we're able to get functioning again. So uh, I want to I want to say, uh, Coach Coach Gibbs, man, you know you did awesome. I, I wish I'd have been on twenty four seven with that interview because I'd have been asking asking you a lot of a lot of great questions. <laughs> Fortunately, I have a fantastic partner, Coach P, and he was able to ask all the great questions. Uh, Coach P, grateful to have you here with me and you know keeping the show alive. Uh, This is adversity, man. And I think Coach Gibbs highlighted a great off air with us saying, hey, man, this is the adversity we go through as coaches. This is every Friday night. And I appreciate Coach Gibbs. Uh, What an outstanding interview that was. Um, I I love when we can get someone on here who is passionate, not just about the game of football, because it can't be just about the game of football. We all do this because we love the game of football. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and you know, whether you're coaching basketball, football, baseball, soccer, um, golf, bowling, we do that because we're passionate about it. We work in the business world. We do what we do in the business world because we're passionate about it. And if you're not passionate about the career that you're in, I implore you to go find a new one. Don't just sit there because you're making money, be passionate about what you're doing because. When, you, when you're truly leading with your purpose and what you're passionate about, you're going to be an outstanding worker, you're going to be an outstanding leader, and you're going to really build those around you while serving others. And that that's Coach Gibbs. That's what I see in him because it's not just about football. He's passionate about helping people. He's hes passionate about those kids that he's serving and how he's... Uh, I, I One of the things he highlighted that I loved that I got to hear was because he's not... He's not just trying to build a winner to go to college and play football. Hey, if you go to tech school, great. If you want to go to college and study economics, great. Let's do it. He's trying to help kids get to their spot to get prepared for their futures because he wants them to be great contributors to society. And that's one of the big things that I took out of that. And Kudos to, to uh, Coach Gibbs because you know, we're in this passion about a game passionate about teaching others, and wanting to see those kids uh, not not just get through. We want to see those kids thrive, and uh, he is an exemplary figure when it comes to that. And congratulations to Coach Gibbs on on this amazing journey that he's had, the ups and downs, because it wasn't all easy, the ups and downs, the making decisions to move um, to different states and follow a dream and follow opportunity. Trust me, I know I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um the show started in Colorado. Now we're split States and nationwide. You know, baby. <laughs> so, so kudos to coach Gibbs for being able to say, Hey, I'm going to go from, from this area to that area, ultimately ending up in Florida, um, being there for the journey with his wife and, you know, through uh, ups and downs and adversities that they have faced and having a family and, and being with these kids and, you know, when I look at this, I, I think to myself very, very openly about, wow, this guy had a dream to make a difference, loves football, played football at the collegiate level. And as he transitions through this, now all of a sudden, and we did not we did not know this, truth be told to the, to the viewers, we had no idea. He literally, from the time we booked him till the time we did the interview, he became a head coach. We didn't even know. We literally were doing our final bit of research a couple of days before the uh, podcast interview, and all of a sudden, boom! Coach Gibbs is the head coach. I,
0: I found out that he got he got offered the job two weeks ago, and officially got hired the day before we recorded the interview with him. So, I mean the 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 time the timeliness of all that is unbelievable.
1: That that is so neat, and uh, you know I'm so happy for him. But he's a great guy, and I'm happy for those kids in that community because I think he is going to be an amazing um, resource and contributor to that community. And what you know, one of the things that really dawned on me is we hit a pandemic. We we don't know what the heck we're doing. We know we're and I was joking because my wife and I just went through all this where we were all in quarantine again and going through COVID, and. You know, as I said, it's like being on house arrest and we can't go anywhere and we're stuck inside and there's nothing to do. And and because you run out of wanting to be on the Internet and wanting to be on technology and Zoom calls and Teams calls and things like that. What's he do? He goes out there and writes a book. That's amazing to, to just channel all that and say, Hey, I got a lot to do. I got a lot to throw out there, right? Writes a book talking about his development and leadership, then goes and writes a book uh, with some partners getting specifically into defense. That is amazing. That is, that is a guy who looks and says, how, how can I give back to society? How can I do? So I have a lot of my mind. I want to, I want to give something back. I want to put this down on paper and allow others a chance to develop. I thought that was really remarkable. I mean, that's not just one, this coach went through two and in, in C- coach p you and i have talked about in the last year what are y'all doing is everyone just sitting back and waiting for covid to be over because it ain't ever going anywhere right it's always going to be here in some form or fashion and coach gibbs gets on there writes writes a couple books uh builds himself to be able to coach a high school football team and then now makes a transition into uh, a head coach position that is a lot in the course of uh next month we will hit 1 year since the onset of covid in the united states and when it really started shutting us down that's next month so in 11 months what have you done with your life that's what i would challenge our listeners what have you done with your life in the last 11 months cuz man coach gibbs is a is a stellar example of how we can continue to operate through adversity continue to go through a pandemic and, and we don't have to stop what we're doing. We can still flourish. We can still give back to a community. We can serve others. We can continue to advance our careers. And we can continue to make a difference in people's lives. And the last piece that I want to touch base on that I thought was just extraordinary. I love his philosophy behind the recruitment process and understanding how difficult it is for these kids right now because it is, it is hellaciously challenging. you got people becoming fifth or sixth year seniors because they can, because there are, uh, people are allowed to extend now um, based on a COVID season. They were allowed to get that extra year of eligibility. You have um, this transfer portal is going absolutely flipping bananas. <laughs> Every year, the transfer portal. And then not to mention, you have the JUCO transfers. That's junior college transfers that go on. So the the seniors right now and the seniors to be for next year, they're facing a recruiting adversity that's just not been seen before. And I loved his take on that and and how he's continuing to work. He's got some people that he's doing some things with. I also really, really enjoy and you and i know from a coaching standpoint this is challenging it's challenging in the work environment to have a to have a, a honest heart to heart level conversation with with an employee who maybe thinks they're a 10 out of 10 and we think they're a 6 out of 10 or to have that conversation with an athlete and their parents to say well this this kid and their parents believe they're they're a big time D1 recruit and should be going to to the Big 10 when you're having the conversation saying you know something it's okay that you're a MAC conference kid and you're going to a mid-american uh, conference level. That's really a good thing still, or that you're a division two kid. You're not quite that low end division one. And for him to be able to have those conversations, or maybe you're a D three kid, you're not a D two kid. And, and to be able to have those conversations. And he says, Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to BS these people. I'm going to have an honest conversation and we're going to, we're going to let them know where they're at so we can do the best we can for them moving forward. And because our society today, coach P is just one on, we, we all have very, um high views of ourselves us included you and I are no different we have high views of ourselves too I mean, we don't come out here and say geez i'm a scrub let me let me do a podcast though anyway and tell everyone how awesome i am you know what i mean that's that's not the way we we approach it and you know, it, it's kudos to Coach Gibbs for being able to have that delineation to say, here's here here's how it is. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I'm going to be upfront with you guys, and we're going to do everything we can to build this student athlete, and we're going to have reasonable expectations and challenge them to become better because you can do it all simultaneously. And uh, I'm just really grateful that we had him on. Great story. Um, great, great guidance from him. I'm going to listen to this one for a second time as well because I just feel there's so much content to take out of it. Coach P, w- w- where are you at with things now that I'm done rambling?
0: <laughs> you know, I, I just uh, my biggest thing that I took away as soon as I got off the the call and I you know finally got <laughs> back into connection with you. Uh, I think the first thing I told you was, man, I love how genuine and how natural he is about. Amen to coaching. that. And I think that's what stood out the most is you you can't fake this kind of, this kind of leadership. You can't fake this kind of stature. You know, you, you, you you are it and whether it's not something you're necessarily born with you know he's been in the game for for quite a while and and it's you know maybe it was something he was born with but at the same time when 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 people are like ah it's just a god-given talent it's just genetics i mean when it comes to coaching and leadership that's something you can develop i can tell you straight up that i was not a leader at eight years old i was not a leader at 15 years old i went to a leadership camp when i was 16 that barely did anything to me myself. You know, it wasn't until I really matured, and it happens differently at different times for all different people. This that's just my experience. I that I'm with was the you hundred percent. That's the first thing. It's it, it's his it's his genuine, his natural ability to just be a leader and and want to impact. Um, he said a quote saying, "We didn't wake up today to be average." I think that speaks I love it. 100% of who he is as a person and as a coach and what he instills in his players. And you know, I want to speak lastly. Yeah, you know, there were so many things and I, I you know, not only you coach, I think I you know, a lot of a lot of us should listen to that to this podcast twice and that interview twice. Um the what I what I took away and I think it kind of stuck to me as you were talking coach Chaddock, was the recruiting aspect and I think we do think the best of ourselves, hundred um, percent, and we should. I mean, you should have high confidence. There's a difference between confidence and cocky, and I think people need to find that fine line. And um, it's okay to be confident, and it's okay to believe in yourself. And I think it's it's vital that you believe in yourself uh, first and foremost. But I, I, the whole recruiting thing, you know, we talked about it. it Division one is the goal, right? We got to get division one. We got to division one. I just wish the narrative because us as coaches inside the game and high school, seeing where these kids are trying to go to school, where these kids are trying to play ball. We see how well run any level college program is run in terms of a organizational, structural uh Pushing a kid to his limits level. I mean, college football is no joke. No matter what level you're on. And I think we have this narrative that D1 or bust. And that's on TV as fans. But I think that goes... It trickles down to the players playing football. And they're like, I'm nobody if I'm going to a D2. I'm not going to be anybody if I'm going to a D3. And that's not because of what, they, what they're... It's what they're being what they're being fed. It's the narrative on what Division one versus Division two is. And I think we know very well... You know, you were in Colorado with me for a while. CSU Pueblo, people might not think, oh, CSU Pueblo, what are, they? what are they? They are one of the top Division II programs consistently in this nation. And if you want to go to a, a top program in this state, in, in my opinion, the uh, an O lineman for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to CSU Pueblo this season. Ryan Jensen, he's a CSU Pueblo guy. I mean, when, when you're talking about... Small schools like that? I mean, the best school football program in Colorado, in my opinion, is CSU Pueblo. That's not a D1 mm-hmm. school. No, not and so, even close. Well, it, and, and, but that's not the narrative, right? On surface level, you're thinking, I got to go to CSU or CU. Colorado State University or University of Colorado. Those are my two options. Well, oh, those are the best places. School of Mines. Austin Eckler went to Western State. I mean, you're talking about guys that do make it. And when you talk about the grand scheme of how many guys make it to the NFL, yeah, I'm going to bring up these guys because it's such a small chance. And for those kinds of guys to come out of small schools like that, it shows the program. The program knows how to run a proper Colorado Mesa. I mean, they they know what they're doing. So there's this narrative that kids aren't getting the best opportunity going to these small colleges. Please get that out of your head. In all sports, right now, kids, parents, whoever, coaches, whoever's listening, it's not about just D1. If you're good enough, any school will find you, and you will get quality learning, teaching. Not every program is perf- perfect. Not every program is, is, has the best coaching, has the best leadership, has the best winning attitude, culture. Not everyone has that. But it's, when, when I look at high school football transitioning to college football, there is a huge gap. And so the idea that D1 is the only one where you can make it and learn something and become a better person, that needs to get thrown out the window. And I think that with this whole transfer portal and recruiting thing that's going on now with the global pandemic that happened and is still going on, I, I, I find it it's going to be way harder and it's going to be way more difficult. Now I just because with with finance with finances, you know, schools are having to shut down uh, the sports because they they can't offer they can't even pay for their regular fees let alone athletic scholarships or financial aid to kids. So, it's it's unfortunate, it's sad. I just wish we can change the narrative and start paying attention to D2, D3s because I think our kids are getting the wrong message that and that's why they're striving too high and when they get denied or get deflected by a D1 school, they're completely thrown away. That doesn't mean you're not going to make it. You know, that does not mean that. I, I, I think I told this story on the podcast once. I'll tell it again. Tariq Cohen for the Chicago Bears, short guy running back, he sent his recruiting tape to so many colleges. I mean, over 200 schools, not one responded to him. Except for like Alabama Tech or Alabama A and M, one of those two, and that's where he went to school, and now he's the starting running back for the Chicago Bears. So it doesn't matter where you go to school; it's you, it's you, the athlete, it's you. How do you? How much do you want it? You know, they they, they I I saw a a comedy uh, an interview with with Kevin Hart, that comedian, and and he and he was talking about how we get lost in this idea that we need to push this these these people down instead of raise them up and understand that there's so much opportunity out there so when there's other people trying to get theirs we need to we need to bring them up and not shove them down and that is what D2 the D3 NAIA all those schools when i see a kid get an opportunity i'm like there's your chance and it's not about someone else pushing you down or taking away your opportunity if a D1 school comes to you and says you're not worth it it's not the D1's fault hey what can i do to get better how can i make myself better how can i work harder how can i Make make myself uh, give myself a better chance of of, of making this opportunity get big. It, it, people are gonna crush your dreams all the time. That was Kobe Bryant's biggest thing is you know what? Go after your dreams, but pay attention to the haters because that's gonna be your drive. You got you got to use that as your drive to push forward because people are always gonna crush your dreams. You have to believe in yourself. It doesn't matter what the outside world's gonna do. There's always gonna be an opportunity. You just gotta find it and you gotta go after it. And, you know, and, and part of, you know, opportunities might shine and, and, and pop up out of nowhere for you. But you also have an opportunity to go after opportunities. And you got to go after them. And and that's making yourself ready and building that confidence and believing in yourself. That doesn't matter where I go. I don't have to go to University of Texas to play football. I can go to Texas State. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. I can go to UT, UT, UTSA. I can go to these small schools. UTEP. I don't have to go to the University of Texas, you know. I I I can go to Ohio University. I don't have to go to Ohio State. I just you're gonna get the same you have the same opportunity, I believe. And and we there's this narrative that you have to go to Ohio State, you have to go to Bama, to to, to get drafted. No, it's not true. I mean, you 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 you, you, you those kids that go to those D 2s D threes, they believe in themselves they they fight for themselves. They believe that I'm good enough and I'm going to get there and I'm going to work hard. They don't care about the outside. We care too much about the outside. We care too much about what people think. Believe in yourself first, people are going to follow. When you when you stop worrying about what people think, you start caring you start worrying about what yourself and how you matter and how much you are a you have so much potential to give. And so much opportunity in your life once you realize that, no one can stop you. Nobody They'll try and they'll try and slow you down, but they're not gonna stop you if you have that driving mentality. So I just preach that we stop this, you know, this D 2s garbage sort of talk. Because I feel like even when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, what's D two? It wasn't until I was older that I was like, wow, there's some. There's some legit stuff going on here. I mean, it's fun watching those games, and it's, it's a little bit more culture in some of those areas. So I just I hope that in this recruiting world, as as we see a transition, as we see a shift in how this whole game is going to work, um, I just hope we 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 help the athletes understand. There's so much opportunity to play ball wherever whatever sport it is. There is so much out there.
1: You know, the other one we're missing is, isn't it FBS? FBS, U3, yeah, absolutely, one, yes. one double A. Oh, FCS. Because you look back.
0: FCS or FBS, I can't remember. One of the two.
1: Football Championship Subdivision. Oh, football. Might be FCS.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I can't remember.
1: I, I'm getting it mixed up. Either one, I know it's, yeah, that, that too. Um, yeah, so look, look back. Marshall was actually in that. And then Marshall jumped up to D1 and that was when Chad Pennington mm-hmm. and Randy Moss were there mm-hmm. and they made that jump those guys weren't even playing at, at that division 1 mac conference level they jumped up and then dominated the mac conference from jump because and they also had some great
0: players and look at Randy look Randy at, was at Florida State got kicked out and still was like yeah. I want to play football I'm going to go play and then he dominated at a low, at a smaller school i mean talk yeah. about adversity and still being like i can do it
1: uh-huh london fletcher who was linebacker for a long time for the Redskins oh, yeah. and the oh I guess Washington football team? Careful, coach. In the, the Rams, <laughs> uh, you know I'm going to say it. He was there when they were the Washington yeah. Redskins. Yeah. Call it what it is. Uh, we don't just erase everything from history. Um, he was he was there. Th- he was a Division three player at John Carroll, and I'm trying to remember if he had about a 15 year NFL career. It was crazy long NFL Robert career. Robert Mathis
0: had. went to Alabama A and I believe.
1: Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State? I mean, Tell me anyone knew who Mississippi Valley State was back then (laughs) before Jerry Rice went there. Please, I beg you, tell me you knew who they were. I mean, Marshall Falk went to
0: San Diego State. I mean, San
1: Diego State, yep. I
0: mean, these are not big-time powerhouses. You know, you have your few, but I mean, it's... I mean, Tom Brady went to Michigan, but he wasn't even a starter. You know? I mean, it's. we could go on and on. With where yeah, these he guys, he became a
1: starter eventually. He got beat out for a while, though.
0: But yeah, and I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, you you have a great point mentioning some of the greatest players of all time, right there. I mean, Brian Urlacher, University of New Mexico, is a safety, by the way. I mean, come on, you talk about <laughs> changing positions. I mean, good grief. I mentioned the two, uh, you know, um, Ryan Jensen and 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 Austin Eckler, a couple small Colorado schools, and they're mm-hmm. from Colorado. So they didn't even leave the state and they still found a way to make it to the league. That's not oh. that's not that's not easy.
1: No, I know. I, I know there was a recent death with uh, Vincent Jackson.
0: Yeah. The University he, of Northern he Colorado, was University baby.
1: Of Northern Colorado and they were 1AA at the time. Yeah. And they still are actually. Yeah, Vincent Jackson. And speaking Jackson of that, just McCaffrey just transferred there.
0: One of them, Dylan. Yeah. Dylan yeah. did Luke Luke transferred to Louisville.
1: Yep. <clears throat> And and Dylan went from that team up north to play for his dad now at UNC.
0: <laughs> you know, I th- it's just it just speaks to it. I mean, it, it's you, even if you get to a D one and you don't feel like that's the opportunity, do you really want to play football? Do you really want to play baseball? Do you really want to play soccer? Is that really what you want to do? Because we've seen kids burn out. We've seen yeah. kids make it and then burn out. And it, it, it's important. To understand and to look at other, you know, these are almost like case studies, the names that we just kind of named out. Look at these guys. Maybe, I mean, they're the same maybe guys. Maybe we need you to do town. a show about
1: this. Yeah. Maybe we need to do a show about this and actually do our research before we get on. Yeah. Because obviously we never know where every show is going. These are open interviews. True. We, we don't know where these shows are going. Unscripted. Maybe we, we are unscripted. Maybe we need to change the name of the show to unscripted. <laughs> Um, You know, Coach, I'm almost wondering if we come back with a recruiting show and and talk about this kind of stuff.
0: I mean, I just think we need to talk. Uh, I agree. And, I mean, uh, talking about opportunity and talking about these kinds of stories about where these guys come from. I mean, Tarek Cohen is one the one I kind of went into detail on. But, I mean, Jerry Rice was not heavily recruited, obviously, out of high school. And, and I mean, it's just – we're we'll talking about the great some of the greatest players of all time and how do you how do you want to even get there? And if you want if greatest player coach, I'm not gonna be greatest player of all time. Well if that's not what you believe, well that's problem number one, but you set you aim for perfection, you end up with excellence. So go for greatest player of the all time and see where you end up. It's gonna be pretty pretty mm-hmm. good, I think. Coach,
1: I love it, man. It's been a great time.
0: Coach PJ Gibbs, Gibbs on. thank you so much. I mean, good luck. Good luck this season uh you know i'm excited to read your book so i want to check that out and um i i just appreciate coach gibbs coach Chadock, as always you're the man love it love having you on the show i just we keep every show is something new something better um it's awesome and uh we'll, we'll keep striving towards it be sure to check out our youtube channel for all the interviews um any, anything you You'd like to say, drop it in the comment section. Click on that big red box that says subscribe. So, um, helps us uh, bring this podcast to new and bigger levels. You know where to find us audio-wise on wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever it might may, may be. Check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, for any new and upcoming updates. Working on a website, working on getting a little blog going here. So there's some things in the works here, and and working on some sponsorships with some people. So things are moving forward, and it's all because uh, of the support that we get, and and the guests that come on and and show show love. So thank you to all of our guests also for for all the support that you give us, and and the and the you know the, the simple retweeting, um, and, and to give us to give just to, to to expand. Our audience and to, to get out there to more people you know we've had coaches from uh, and leaders from all over the country and um, you know some of them some of them traveled internationally to get to this country so we have had almost uh, quite a vast experience in this in this podcast and we only look to bring more and more and more to you guys and it's good for us coaches and it's good for you guys as well so anything we can bring if you have a guest uh, guest suggestion throw it our way. We'd love to have it, but uh, we'll keep we'll keep grinding away and getting these shows out. Coach Chaddock, thank you as always. Looking forward to the next show, and be sure to check it out every other week, every other Monday. Someone and I had a question the other day. Someone was like, well, "When do you guys drop the show?" And I'm like, "Every other Monday." So. We will. You're listening to this on a Monday, wherever it may be. Just uh, check the date of when we dropped it, and then we we haven't missed a date. I don't think we've missed one, except the first day. That was the, that was the only one we missed. But other than that, we've been pretty good. But um, for Coach Praveen Machupagada, oh, I'm sorry for Coach Jason Chaddock, I am Coach Praveen Machupagada, and this is the third and thirty
2: podcast.